Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they paid too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting. Click the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business owner or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you retain and attract that top talent, we can help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, the amazing Al McDonald. Al, how's your day? How's your week going? Very well, uh, Robin. Thanks. And uh, it's great to be here again, as always. And looking forward again to a, a day of recording with some special guests. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. And it's amazing the people that we get to connect with through the podcast. I feel very fortunate from what this podcast began as and, and where it is today and, and some of the people that we get to talk to. So really excited about this one. And joining us today is Hilary Borndal, who is the founder and CEO of Mix Analytics. Mix Analytics is a marketing consulting boutique based in GTA. They were launched in January of 2021, and they aim to take a fresh approach to service Canadian marketing mix modeling, also known as MMM programs, by leveraging talent that is 100% based in Canada and personally experiences the media and marketing of your brand, which sounds awesome. Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, and I see you've got your fresh cup of coffee, so you're all ready. And I thought where we'd start with this, because when we originally came up with the series, you know, Success Leaves Clues, it's nice to talk about where people are today and the success they're having and, and tease out some of those clues. But it's also interesting to go back and say, where did you start? So maybe we can start with, tell us about your career journey and how you ended up where you are today. I was really lucky that I did my undergraduate in marketing management at the University of Guelph, now known as Lang School Business. And they had a co-op program. So I was very lucky that the second co-op pr program that I did was at a boutique called Thompson Lightstone, a small re research firm on Bloor Street. I was living in Hamilton at the time where I'm from, and I had to wake up at 5.30 every morning, take the GO train and then the subway all the way up to Bloor for this co-op job. And Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. It was my first introduction to the space of marketing research or market research. And I got to work with some really fantastic researchers and it, it just inspired my entire career journey. So yeah, I was lucky that at the age of 21, I fell into this. I went back to school to finish my undergraduate degree and really focused my education towards the course that would help with the research career. So when I graduated from that program, I was hired back into that firm. And, and that was really the start for me. That's really cool. Now, are you still getting up at 5.30 in the morning? Are you one of those proponents, the, what is it called? The, <laughs> the 5 a.m. club? I'm, I'm trying to motivate no, myself to the 5 a.m. club, but I'm not there yet. 
No, I've tried to do that. I'm part of uh, Club Eight Hours of Sleep. Uh, okay, so. I like that club. one. That's a good club. Yes. Yeah. I love working from home. So my mix analytics is we all work from home remotely. And then the blend is that we meet at least once a month here in my home office. And we can also meet on site at clients offices and at industry events. So I've benefited now from not having to have a, a long commute. But you know, you love a job when you don't mind doing that commute. Yeah, I was going to say that you couldn't have loved the commute, but you obviously had a passion because 530 heading downtown, go train, subway, that can wear on someone after a while. It's interesting that you just brought up an in industry event because we had talked earlier about the passion that you have for International Women's Day. And I think you, you've talked a little bit about an event that you're hosting. So can you talk maybe a little bit about what you're doing and what's driven your passion for International Women's Day? Yeah, thanks for that. I started getting involved with International Women's Day a number of years ago, and I had the opportunity to host the Next Up International Women's Day in 2021. And I really loved putting on that event along with all of the other volunteers at Next Up. And I realized like this is something that I wanted to keep doing and expand the audience. So last year, Mix Analytics hosted our first event and it was virtual. We had over a hundred attendees. We had a professional panel and it was fantastic. It was just raising the energy and awareness around some of the issues to continue closing the gaps in equity and equality for women and specifically for women who identify as people of color, that there's still a lot of opportunity in the professional services space. So being able to use my time and resources to put on an event to help raise that awareness, but also celebrate how far we've come in 2023. So this year we decided to go all out and we're doing an event in person at the beautiful Malatanu, which is at the Bell Tiff Lightbox on King West in Toronto. And we have some live entertainment. We have a new musical artist, Childlike, coming. We have the amazing Sangeeta Patel, who's ET Entertainment Tonight Canada host. And yeah, it's just going to be a great event. I'm very excited for it. And is it an open event that people can come and attend? Are you, do you want to plug it here? Oh, well, if I can, we are selling tickets. Anyone can come. Anyone can purchase a ticket. We are selling tickets because we're raising money for a charity called Home Sweet Hope that helps single mothers and their children from poverty to success. They help with housing initiatives, education, and supports to, to help those women. And, and that's really important to me because I was mostly raised by a single mom myself. And my mom's a rock star. And we had a lot of family support. And I attribute so much of my success to my mother. I should attribute all of it, but I also have an amazing husband who's very supportive of me. <laughs> so I can't leave him out, but the two of them are the backbone of how I can be successful in my career and in my life. So I felt like it was a pay it forward to choose Home Sweet Hope as a charity. So we're selling tickets to raise money for that. Perfect. We could probably have a whole conversation around that too, but when's the event? The event is on March 9th, the day after International Women's Day. Okay. Uh, I was thinking maybe many organizations would have their own event on the actual day. So we're doing it the morning after. Okay. And how many people are you expecting in person? 130. 130. Well, here's what a small world it is. So Sangeeta Patel, years ago, I'm training at a CrossFit gym called Element CrossFit. And of course, I know who Sangeeta is. I've seen her on TV and, and I walk in the gym one day and there she is training with her husband. So I got to know her and her husband. Wonderful, wonderful people. So that's awesome that you're going to have her there. She's just a great person to chat with. 
I was hoping, Hillary, I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier in this episode, because I'm curious, and I know a lot of business owners are struggling with this point. Your company is 100% remote. You come together once a month. How are you facilitating building culture when everyone is remote and you're only coming together once in a while? Because I know a lot of what I'll say traditional companies, including ours, up until you know March 20, we were always in the office. And now when I still reminisce about that sometimes about every once in a while where we are all in the office and there's that buzz and it's fun and we miss some of that. And we've really worked hard to recreate that in the digital space. But for someone like your perspective and your firm is, is growing quite well and you're doing well, what are the some of the, the little secrets to making that work? We had a Lunar New Year celebration here last week. And there were three different moments where I felt like I needed to do hands on top, which to any parent of a kindergarten kid would know everybody says that means stop (laughs) or waterfalls because I could not get the team to stop talking and having fun with each other to get to like focus on the work. And in those moments, I looked over at Valerie, my business manager, and I said, I think like we have the culture because the team was just so excited to spend time with each other and in the bonding. And so how I've established that over two years, it's begun with having those morning connects. So everybody, you know, 9 a.m.s, let's grab our coffee or tea, get on a call, chat about life, get to know each other every Friday we have scrum questions. Each month, someone's responsible for the scrum question. And we get to know really funny things about each other. Like what's your favorite board game? If you could choose anywhere for the team to travel, where would we travel together? Or, you know, what was your favorite concert you've ever attended? Just things to get to know each other that are not work-related. So we've started with doing that start to the day and over the screen, over camera, And it's helped us feel like we're together. And then when we actually do the work, sometimes when we're deep in the math, the team will also be in little pods online together. So they're not necessarily talking the whole time, but they're on the camera working away on their other screen together. Hey, I've got a question. What do you think? And I think it's just allowed them to bond as if we were in an office space together. So your answer is where the title of the podcast comes from, Success Leaves Clues, because you just gave, and hopefully Al as well, you just gave me a great idea about the scrum because we have our business meetings. We have our, we call them our daily huddles with our teams, which have been a game changer for us in terms of that connection and and keeping aligned and keeping on track with the business. But I don't think we do enough of, you know, your favorite board game or the best movie you've ever seen or so. And it's, especially when we're onboarding new members, which we're doing currently, that would be a great way just to create that bond to get to know each other a little better. So I'm glad you shared that. So thank you. I want to talk about another event because we were talking offline. You were just at the Insights Association, a CEO summit in Miami. Hopefully you had better weather than uh, we're experiencing here in Canada right now. This was your first CEO summit. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I had four and a half glorious hours of sunshine. While I was there, because <laughs> as you know, the, um, the conference material is usually in a basement, you know, in a windowless room, but I did get out for that sunshine. It was nice. And how did it feel to be at that event? It was amazing. If I ever write a book, it will probably be titled You Go Girl, because that's something that my mom's always said to me since I was really little, like you go girl, you just go and, and get it done. And I felt 
so welcomed in that audience. This year, they had 35% women in attendance, which was higher than any other CEO event that the Insights Association put on. And they they had a really conscious effort to include more women and to advertise and reach out to more women. So I had a couple of my contacts in the industry reach out and say, you should be at this event. There's that moment where you're like, should I? Like, do they need to hear from me? Like, I run such a small company. We're new. Like, what value am I going to add? But then I, you change the dialogue right away. You're like, they need to hear from me. I'm a disruptor. So, you know, I should be in the room and I should have a seat at the table. I keep telling women, get the seat at the table and don't just sit there, like use it, use your voice. So yeah, I, I had the opportunity to go and I felt like everyone there, the leaders of the largest insights companies down to the similar entrepreneurs to me or the woman I sat with who is eight months into her business, that everyone wanted to hear each other's stories. And it was such a wonderful environment. And also just to be in a place where you could talk to other people facing the same business issues, or maybe they've faced an issue you're facing or aren't aware of an issue that could be coming up for them. It was, it was wonderful. So anytime you can invest in your own career to be surrounded with individuals who are facing similar challenges, it's just so beneficial to your development. And I loved being there. I'm noticing there's a theme that is coming up in this podcast. And there's a theme that I want to talk about that's come up with other entrepreneurs and business leaders that we talked about. The first is you've referred to your mom quite a few times already in this podcast. So I think we need to do a shout out to your mom. So what's your mom's name? Judy. Judy, here's a shout out to you and all the other awesome moms out there. And and mine is one of them very supportive. Mine is 81 and just love her to death. So hopefully I get to chat with her today as well. So shout out to all the moms. But then you also talked about something that I think is really important for people to realize. And that's that imposter syndrome. You know, you started talking about like, oh, do, do people really want to hear from me? I've only been running this business for two years. It's a small company. And when you went to that event, you realize other people just want to hear from people like yourself and share ideas and know that other people are facing those challenges. And I know I've experienced that too, because Sometimes people think your presence on something like LinkedIn or, or social media, you look like an expert and you're expected to have all those answers. And, and a lot of times you don't have those answers. So I think it's important for people, especially young leaders coming into the business or growing their own company to realize you don't have to know everything. And going to events like that are really beneficial because you do get to hear different perspectives and realize no one has their stuff figured out. Like we're all figuring it out as we go. So I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, I think on the imposter syndrome piece, when I was launching the business two years ago, and I wanted to find, again, like people in similar situations as me to meet with, I joined the Oakville Chamber of Commerce, and they offered two weekly connects, a morning connect and an afternoon connect. And each week I would come to these meetings with my morning coffee or my afternoon bubbly And I would meet with other entrepreneurs and it was a really supportive environment. They did a session on imposter syndrome and it helped me understand that, you know, imposter syndrome is really when you have done things successfully time and time again, but you don't believe in yourself that you actually can do that yet. You have done it. But what entrepreneurs often face is just fear of the unknown. They have not put themselves in that situation yet. So they have a little intimidation. And so if you can remind yourself of that and you can strip away that, intimidation or that fear, put yourself in the environment, then you feel comfortable once you're there. So that's the approach I took for the Miami trip. 
of reminding myself I've never been. Why would I have any intimidation to go? Like I should just go try it out. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that if we can. So you're at this summit, you're surrounded by people who, well, maybe they do know what they're doing or maybe they don't or whatever, but obviously you're in a good mix of people. What did you learn? What did you take back from it? And what is it that you can bring back to your business that you learned at the conference? There were a few fast decisions that when I had the chance at the roundtables to pitch my business case on that scenario, that I got answers right away that I'm like, wow, that would have taken me weeks to solve without your experience. So thank you. But the biggest takeaway word, and this is from the Insights Association Conference, but also from CMA Ideas, where we discussed in January, the looming economic recession, that for 2023, the word is disruption. If you are not a disruptor yourself, someone else is coming up with the disruption. So you need to be aware of that and be looking out for where are those points of pressure in your industry where a disruptor will come along or can you be that disruptor? So that was the main takeaway. And and that was exciting for my team because we are trying to disrupt things in the marketing mix modeling space of advanced analytics for our clients. And so it gives us more energy for that passion. I also really took away that clients need help with solving the questions they have. So if you are a tech offering that there's still the role of the insights consultant to come in and answer the question for the client. I mean, that hasn't really changed over all the years there will still be the role of the human, even in the face of machine learning and artificial intelligence, because we still apply that human insight. And so that gives me longevity in my business to know that even if we change things with the mathematical regression modeling that we're doing, that no matter what, at the end of the day, there's still the consulting that is going to be valued time and time again. That's very interesting because both of those things that you mentioned in your answer were things that we, Robin, myself and our other partner, Joe, talked about in our annual meeting last year was disruption and what it was going to mean to our business. And your business and our business are very different, but we brought that up and we talked also about your second point that people still need the human touch, like everything online we can do, you know, all the analytics, but they still value. So that was amazing. Those were the two items that you, you touched upon. So it's obvious it extends across a number of different industries. No, it does. It does. I mean, the the less exciting pieces in the conference were about data security and GDPR and data privacy and cookie lists and those more technical pieces that we shouldn't be forgetting about. <laughs> but, but we don't have to go too far into those today. Hillary, can we talk a little more about disruption? Like I hear that term, you know, disruptors. What does that mean for mixed analytics? There's two sides of it. So there's the technical side and what we're bringing to the clients. But I think for this podcast, I'd prefer to talk about the employee experience because that is part of the disruption and why I was excited to launch my own business. Analytics offers six weeks paid time off for my staff. Every single employee. It doesn't matter if you are starting out as an analyst, it's your first job, or if you're coming in eventually as we hire more senior leadership. We all get six weeks paid time off. And the reason for that is because I want to support individuals to have that moment to unplug, to work on their personal mental health journeys and, you know, accomplish other things in their lives that they may want to accomplish, travel, you know, just enjoy life. 
I know how hard it is, the type of work that we do, because I've done it for over 20 years now. And when you're deep into it, sometimes you can't even walk away in the evenings or the weekends naturally because you're working on that problem solving. And I appreciate that in the staff. And I just want them to have more time off. And that's in addition to all of the Canadian holidays. We still have all the holidays and sick time. And if you need to take off time to go to the dentist or whatever during the day, that's fine. But it's really about taking that time off. Another piece that we're disrupting is in the transparency and compensation. So the transparency and pay and in bonus potential, in profit sharing, in equity sharing for employees. Each employee within the first 10 years of the organization has a number of units that get entered into uh, both the profit sharing of that year, but also the equity. So one point of equity will be awarded to all of the employees that are in that year each year up until year 10 so that they have a stake in the company as well. But the transparency in pay was important because I'm not sure if you've seen the research that was put out by Stop the Party a couple of years ago in the ad industry and the pay gaps that exist between men and women and between Caucasians and people of color. And that was alarming to me when I saw that. And so I wanted to say right away, sign me up for Stop the Party. I'm not celebrating I do celebrate International Women's Day, obviously, because I think we've we've come a long way in equality, but that I'm not going to celebrate that until I see better equity across the board. So we have that transparency and it is much easier starting out to do it right from the beginning when you're a startup than it is transforming a large organization. So I totally get that, but I encourage any other entrepreneurs and startups to just do it right from the start. Be very transparent. Your team will appreciate it. And it assigns value to that role that you're hiring and not necessarily to the individual who can negotiate better. I'm so glad you agreed to do this podcast because when we have people on, it's up to them how much they share, right? Success leaves clues. And I firmly believe that's true. You know, it's an old Tony Robbins saying, if you want to be successful, find someone who's already successful in your space, model their behavior, their beliefs, and you'll reap similar rewards. And I think, Hillary, you're giving away so many good clues about how to run a company, how to help your employees win. And that's something that me, Al, and Joe truly believe in. I was talking about that the other day with our team. You hope they're going to stay with you for their career. Mm-hmm. But even if they don't, I want to feel that I was part of their growth and their development. And the question, I did a post on it yesterday. And the question was, would you rehire people? And if they're great oh, yeah. people... And I've helped them go somewhere else and they acquired more skills and they continue to grow and develop. And then there's an opportunity to work together again. Why wouldn't we entertain that? And it sounds like you were doing all the right things to not only grow your company, but develop your people as well. So I'm really proud that we're connected and we can network together now because you are the type of person I want to surround myself with. So with that, we're at the point in the podcast where we have Al's signature question. So if you're up for answering it, Al can fire away. Sure. Your last answer was a great lead into this because a lot of the stuff that you're already doing answers some of this question. So the question is this, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Yeah, I thought about this because I I did have the benefit of knowing about this question ahead of time. So I put some thought into it. So my story here is that in 1938, my great grandmother B sent her second daughter, Terry, with $20 in her pocket off to nursing school 
it was, I don't know, now it would be like a two hour drive. It was probably hours by rail and off to go to nursing school at the age of 18. And this is from a town of maybe a couple of hundred people. Okay. Douglas, Ontario is where my grandmother was born. So she left the small town to head down to nursing school. She was selected of two individuals of that nursing school to go on to St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. And then from there decided to move to Hamilton, met my grandfather, fell in love and had seven children. My mom was the middle child. That's her her favorite story is about being the middle child. And she had me. And so I don't think that that great grandma B realized she was planting the seeds by giving that $20 to Terry, my grandmother, Teresa, and sending her on her way for her journey. But how empowering was that moment of supporting her daughter in 1938 to say, go on and get post-secondary school? And so I looked at myself having been raised by women because I really was raised by my mom and my grandma. We lived together in a multi-generational home in Hamilton. And I was blessed in my marriage to have three beautiful children, Madeline, Beatrice, and Isabella. And Beatrice is named B after that great grandma. That as my career was progressing and I was supported so well by my employer, Nielsen, through those maternity leaves. And even before it was a thing, Nielsen gave me 18 months off for my third child because the two managers I had had three and four children each. And they're like, that's a lot. (laughs) So if you want to take that, you know, you're not paid the extra time, but you can take that time off and your job is there for you when you come back because it's a lot. And I really appreciated that, that as I had these three daughters and my career was progressing, I'm like, how do I continue paying it forward? Like, I am from a generation of women and I've, I have a generation of women ahead of me now. And that includes not only my daughters, but my friend's daughters, my niece, that I just want to continue to build a world where gender is not an issue anymore in terms of equality, equity with pay, with opportunity, that the glass ceiling that, you know, my great granddaughters are like, what's the glass ceiling concept? You know, they have to Google it because they have no idea. That's what I want. So I hope the little seeds that I'm planting will help contribute to that more equitable future. Well, I loved your story about your grandmother and $20. It's amazing to think back that someone, I don't know how many parents would do that type of thing today to just, you know, let their kids go out on their own from a small town. Like that is the product of a bygone era, but obviously it worked out very well. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah. I mean, right. $20. It was a lot of money back then. It would have been then. Yeah. But there's no cell phones. There's no way that grandma would have been able to get in touch with them when she got there, other than sending a letter that who knows how long it would take to get back. Yeah. So you're really unleashing your 18 year old child (laughs) to the wilderness to say good luck. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of trust in them and a lot of trust in the world. Yeah. Well, that was a great answer. I enjoyed hearing that as well. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Mix Analytics? Always LinkedIn. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn every day. So if you send me a message, if I miss it, I will catch it eventually. But yes. Well, that's how we connected. So that, yeah, that definitely works. Yeah. And our full circle moment is really like, I know you guys know the founders of Dig. 
Yeah. And so I didn't really say that, but at the beginning of my career, that first job, that co-op is where I met Michael Edwards. And then Michael and I were working together at Hot Specs when also I met Paul Gaudet and Ian and Dom. And I worked with the four of those guys. And now look what they've accomplished with Dig. They are the example for the industry. And, yes. and I love how much they support women in their organization. And actually, Paul will be sitting on my professional panel at the International Women's Day event. Oh, nice. oh that's awesome. Yeah, we are big fans of all the people over at Dig. They just, not only the partners, they have such a great team and they they really have a knack of attracting just really good people. So yeah, we're big fans as well. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Hillary. I hope everyone else did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, success leaves clues.